0: We're going to see today the new heavens and the new earth, the holy Jerusalem. It is things which we don't see today. We talk about it. There's a lot of studies about it. But for me, this is good news. This is hope eternal. And like I say, if you start reading a book, you start in the beginning of the book and you work through the book and then you come to the last chapter and that is where you find out and everything winds down, everything comes to a conclusion and this is what we find. We're going to do both these chapters today, Revelation 21 and 22 and next week, God willing, I'm going to start with the book of James, a practical sermon for five weeks. We're going to work through James and we're going to learn how we need to live this Christian life. And that is important. You know, it is the question, I'm saved, so what? So what now? That we will answer in the next five weeks. But for today, we want to talk about the last part of the book of Revelation. So let's get into it. We've got a fair bit to cover. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. He says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John sitting and he sees this happening right in front of him. How wonderful to think what he saw. He's going to try to explain to us what he saw in our dialect, in our understanding. But I want to say it now, friends. I want to say that we can't even anticipate what he saw. There is so many commentaries that I've read. There's so many studies. There's so many professors and scholars who write about these things. But I'll tell you one thing. We're going to see with our very eyes the glory of the Lord. And the things which we're going to read about now is going to look dimly dimly strange to us because He is the ultimate one where we want to spend our time with. Each one in this place will have its own picture in his mind, what John is going to tell us now. A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. Friend, you need to have that passage underlined in your Bible. In fact, you need to learn it off by heart. It is such a wonderful passage for me in the Bible. In fact, it should be one of your most favorite verses in the Bible. That verse there, which says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. A tab- tabernacle is a place of worship, a tabernacle is a place of dwelling. And now, at this part, at the end of the book, he says that that tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, is where? Is with men. When you and I was born in sin, there's this emptiness inside of us. And one thing that mankind wants to do for his whole life is to find God. And here we find a perfect place and a fantastic verse that says that His tabernacle is with men. And He will dwell with them. He will dwell with them. And they shall be His people. I don't want to be known as a South African born Kiwi who is now living in Australia. I want to be known as a child of God. I want to be known as His people. I want to spend my time in eternity with His people. And you know what? The desire of God is to spend His eternity with His people. Here we see it. It's so wonderful. And they shall be His people. And they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. But before we go there, we see a new heaven and a new earth. And He sees therefore the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And there is people who say that it is still this world, it's just going to be renewed. I don't necessarily hold on to that. This world that you see here will be renewed in the thousand year reign when Jesus Christ comes back. But then this is going to be rolled up like a scroll, and a new heaven and a new earth will come. Look, God is not in the business of building something on ashes, no, He makes everything new. We build things on ashes, on ashes in relationships. In business and all of these things, we try to redo. No, no, God makes every single thing new. It's the same that He did with you and me. You remember when He created Adam? He ushered Adam. He says He made something recognizable out of an unrecognizable form or mass. But you know what is so beautiful? When Jesus Christ died for us, He made you new, a new creation all being born again this is not a new concept by the way this has been prophesied right through the bible isaiah chapter 65 verse 17 the prophet says for behold i create a new heavens and a new earth he didn't say i'm gonna repair do you see that he says i create a new heavens and a new earth And the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create a Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. This is good news, people. You should sit here with a smile. They can't wash that Colgate smile out of your face when you see this. I visited Germany. I went to Berlin. I walk next to the wall. These are artifacts of this world of showing how mankind went over despair and calamity and build a new world out of the ashes and the ruins there. You walk through the museums of of the Holocaust. I went to Vietnam. I went into the museum and I see in the museum all of the artifacts and everything of wars that were fought. Friends, everything now, this, this feeble and... And brittle peace that we have now in the world is built on ashes. It's built on ashes. I ask you, go to every single country in this world, go into the museums, and you will see the artifacts, and you will see the signs and the ashes of a war that has been fought on this earth. And every single thing is built on that. But here he talks about something new. Look, let me tell you something. In heaven there will not be a museum of old wars. No. We're going to be with God and a new creation. Isn't it wonderful? Here the prophet says, he says it there. He says it shall not be remembered or come to mind. Our museums on this earth is bringing remembrance to us. Every single year we have it with Gallipoli and all of those. Lest we forget. Lest we forget, but here is something new. And let me tell you, the dark forces of this world, the enemy in all of his fullness and his power, will not be able to corrupt this even one dot or yettel. I don't know if it makes sense, but that comes to mind. It's new, uh, heavens and the earth. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 25, he says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. They will perish. What you see will perish. And would you believe it that mankind today is spending millions to to keep this going? God made everything to sustain us doesn't matter how many people live on this earth until He calls it a day. But He will be the one that will make it pities. But you will endure. Yes, all of them will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them and they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will have no end. Hallelujah. Everything grows old. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Even you are growing old. Have you heard about the law of intro entropy? It winds down. You paint your house now, in 10 years' time, you need to repaint it. You drive a brand new car now, in 3 years' time, you need to replace it or you need to repair it. It takes energy to repair. You yourself, it takes energy to keep you going. But listen, in the new heavens and earth, that law is gone, it's been replaced. Amen no more wrinkles no more gray hair even myself i might have hair. i don't know (laughs) isn't it wonderful to think of a place and to live for a place listen this last week i i saw this lady on tv crying sobbing sobbing in america they've lost everything and she sits there and out of her mouth came this word it is hopeless and i think lady it is hopeless i understand and look i can't take it away I can't even think or imagine what people go through but for the child of god there is a new heavens and earth of hope and a hurricane won't even touch that not only that in the old testament peter writes in second peter chapter 3 verse 12 he says looking for and hastening the coming of the day of god why why would you be looking forward to that paul uh, Peter, because of which the heaven will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Yes, they're right. The global is warming. The globe is warming up, but it's not because of the gases of these cars. That's a, that's a big lie, friends. They're after your money. This place is warming up because it is on God's watch. He's warming it up. Why? Why would He do that? is he then a loveless God no it is to bring people to their knees to come to him he says it right there it will be dissolved nevertheless we according to his promise look for what for what do we look he says it right there in the Bible he says nevertheless according to his promises and what do you and I know about his promises they are yea and amen We stand on the promises of God. People sing it so easy in churches. But this is a promise. He says it right there. Look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I know we're going to do two chapters today and I'm going to finish that. But man, I can spend another hour on this because this is great news. A new heavens and a new earth. Let me just explain to you quickly about this new heavens and earth. This is not God's heaven that's going to be renewed. There's three heavens the Bible talks about. Only three heavens. Okay, I can read it for you. You know, Paul says it in... Well, let me quote it to you and you can go read it yourself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he starts saying about a man, he doesn't know whether he's in the spirit or not. He says that he... And that talks about himself in the third person. He says he was, he was pulled away into the third heaven. Now, let me explain, friends the first heaven is this heaven that you see now with the clouds and the birds and everything that's the first heaven where we operate and live in, then you get the heaven beyond that, that is the planets and the stars and then beyond that is the third heaven, that's where God dwells, when he talks about the new heaven and earth he talks about these two heavens here, he talks about this that we can see It's not as if God's place is corrupted. God is sovereign. He's holy. And where God is, there is no darkness at all. It's important to know. Now he says there they will pass away. And then he says another thing. He says, there will be no more sea. Can you imagine that? There will be no more sea. Now I love the sea. Because when I go on holiday, it's the nicest thing to go to beach. beach. In a couple of weeks, you know, five weeks, I'm going for a week up to the Gold Coast. um, And I made sure this time we are right on the beach because I want to go lie on the beach just and then walk into this beautiful sea and have a swim. Who enjoys that? Is it only me? Praise the Lord. And it's nice and refreshing and relaxing. But you know what? The sea is not only for enjoyment. You know, why is the sea there today? Was the sea there before the flood? No. There was no sea before the flood. You need to understand that there was not that kind of water on the earth. It's only after the flood that this water came. So now He says there's going to be no more sea. What is the function of the sea today? God placed the sea there to clean the earth. Why do you think the water in the sea is salt? What does salt water do? It corrodes every single thing. Isn't God wonderful... Not only is the sea there, it makes up three-quarters of the earth is the sea. Three-quarters, do you believe that? It's amazing, it's great. It it covers the most of the the earth. But what does the sea also do? It cools it down. It cools it down. You say, where do you get that? Well, the scientist tells us that. They put their probes in the sea to measure the temperatures of the water. And by measuring the temperature of the water, they tell us whether the earth is warming or cooling they are hijacked they are hijacked by the lie from the enemy himself but the sea is important for us for this earth to function after the flood so for me to understand that no i can't understand this because i live in this world but when there is going to be no more sea then i believe what the bible says and you know what one day we will see that david we will see for ourselves i can't explain it to you because we haven't seen that before it is so wonderful the thing is about the Jews is they saw the sea as evil and as a separation and there's also a spiritual connotation there that this could be symbolic but I believe it's physical you can't symbolize as the whole whole Bible right let's go on to verse 4 he says and God will wipe away every tear from the eyes there shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying how wonderful is that can you think about those things death sorrow crying no more of that there shall be no more pain (laughs) You, you know when i read this when i was a young man it didn't mean as much to me as it means to me now i know i've turned 50 but i'm still young don't you know but there's a few pains in the body which i didn't have my heart tells me i'm 30 years old but my body says man slow down this is there's going to be no more pain how wonderful is that no more pain for the former things have passed away then he who sat on the throne said behold I make all things new all things and we have got a small taste of that in our lives because he made our sinful life new didn't he do that we can read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where, um, where Paul writes down, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. It is perishing. I mean, I look in, in the mirror and I can see it happening. I, I said to Toki during the week, I said, look, it feels to, to me as, as my hairline is going a little bit lower down. <laughs> it's perishing. But you know what? Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Hallelujah praise God day by day and then he says in chapter 5 verse 17 he says therefore if anyone is in Christ in Christ this this is the key of that verse he is a new creation he's a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new look when Paul writes this in Corinthians he's not waiting for revelation to happen it's now in a spiritual sense we are born again but this talks about this earth now he says I'm gonna make all things new and he said to me write for these words are true and faithful you can bank on that and he said to me it is done I'm the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end I will give all the fountains of the water of, of life freely to him who thirsts and he ...who overcome shall inherit all things... ...and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Oh man, it's so wonderful. I, there's so much to say about this. I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart these words. He says, I'll give him fountain of water of life. Fountain of water. You remember back in John chapter 6... ...when the priest was standing on the steps there and they were doing the symbolic thing about washing hands with water just the side was jesus standing and he said anyone who thirsts come to me come to me and what will happen from the inside oh this is my prayer for this church this is my prayer for you that from the inside will gush what living water how does it come in that's the first question you have to come to the cross and bow your knee and ask forgiveness for your sin. And you know what He does? He puts water inside of you. What kind of water? What are you talking about? Well, it comes through His Word. It, it revitalizes your spirit and your soul and you live and you you're truly, for the first time in your life, you're alive. For the first time in your life, I don't care what you are chasing, you might be chasing fame and and money and and everything else but you're still dead the only day that you start feeling alive is when christ saves you from your rotten sin and from your garment of filthiness and then from the inside comes that that bubbling of clean and you know water it's so beautiful it's so wonderful it is so refreshing you say prove it you open up your bible in ephesians chapter 2 Verse 1 and he says, You I've made a life who were once dead. I see in the world walking around as corpses. Oh, they smile and the eyes are blinking, but they are dead. This is now life. It's so wonderful, he says, that you I will be his God and he shall be my son. How wonderful is it this morning to call the heavenly father your father? Look, I don't care what your earthly father did to you. I don't care what he did to you he could have been the worst father you had on the earth you could stand up and you say but you don't know my father listen to this that is why he is your heavenly father he is your father's father and if your father did something to you which he shouldn't have done he will punish your father but it's your father's life you need to look after your own you need to come to him on your own you can't blame anybody friend it is you and him you and him he's going to look you in the eyes he's not going to look your family in the eyes he's going to look you in the eyes He's not going to ask, what did your mom and your dad say? He's going to say, what did you do? I want to be your God. I want you to be my son. But you choose not to be my son. You see, that is where it lies. He overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, you see, he calls them cowards. Today's world has got it the wrong way around. They say, man, if you're one of the crew, one of the band, man... If you're one of the posse, if you are one of the crew, you know, don't stand out. Don't be that Christ type of guy. But if you're one of the group, man, you're the man. You know what the Bible says? You're not a man, you're a coward. Look, He, he mentions them. He says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderous, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all the liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second day. Can you see the contrast here? Here is a new heavens and a new earth and then you get the fire and you see this is the thing. You can choose today where you want to spend eternity. You can spend it with the Father where He wants to be your God and you're His Son. Or you can sit there, you can sit in this place which He calls the lake of fire and you can spend that place with the unbelieving, with the murderers. Yes, you can spend it with them. It's your choice. It's all yours. You can spin it there with the liars, the ones who live on lies, the sexual immorality, immorality. The uh, these these really filthy names you can name these people. You will spend your time with them. They are cowards. The Bible says. Look, let me tell you, it takes a man and a woman to stand up for Christ these days it takes a man to go against the flow it takes a woman of character of endurance in christ to go against the flow and i'm telling you today i've preached this now for the best part of 20 years it's going close to 20 years but i'm saying we are closer now than when i first said these said these words you will be tested for your faith very soon there's a vote coming up and they will they will come to you and you will be you will you they will say that you're a hate preacher not me preaching it from a pulpit I will have my day you you see that but every single one every single one will have to stand up and make a stand for Christ or you can be a coward you can be a coward it's your choice now it comes in verse 19 and it, it, it describes to us that city Listen to what it says. And look, I'm not going to do a lot of ex- exposition on this because I believe the Bible describes it itself. It says "Then in verse 9, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last place came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the bride, the Lamb's wife. Why would he say the bride, the Lamb's wife? It's going to be so beautiful. Have you seen a bride on a wedding day? How beautiful she is and Gavin and Alex got married a couple of weeks ago and Alex students who came in there and and right on her wedding day it's the most beautiful when a bride walks up that aisle isn't it beautiful you I want you to see the same picture here and it, be, it becomes the wife and look at this now he sees in verse 10 and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the Holy Jerusalem hallelujah who's been to Jerusalem nobody in this place who wants to go to Jerusalem <laughs> you know what friends I might not in this lifetime make it to Jerusalem but I tell you what I'm going to make it to the Holy Jerusalem hallelujah if you think this Jerusalem is beautiful and it's nice wait until you see this Jerusalem with your very own eyes. You're gonna see the things which you hear now. He says, he showed me the the holy Jerusalem. <clears throat> he calls it a great city. Descending out of heaven. From where? From God. You see every good gift the Bible says in James comes from where? From God. Every good gift comes from God. And now it descends from heaven. Having the glory of God, her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as a crystal. Also she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. You see, nobody will go into this city. They have to pass by the angels. And names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. You want to replace Israel? You can't. You can't. Look, it's in the DNA of the city. Oh, but we are spiritual, Israel, because we're the church. You've got it wrong. You've listened to the wrong crowd. Bad influence corrupts badly. Listen to the word. It's there. Israel is there. Still in the end. The end of this book. It's right there. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And you who talked with me at a gold reed to measure the city. Whenever you measure something in the Bible, it talks about authority. This is the authority. Who had authority of this Holy Jerusalem? Only one. Only one. It's God. Look, let me tell you, there's not going to be a council here. There's not going to be dem- de- democracy here. Democracy is not of God. Whoa, where are you going now? God's operation is theocracy. No, no. Democracy came in in the Old Testament when mankind said we want a king. That's when it came in. We don't want you God as our God. No, no. This is going to be run on theocracy. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He will have his order in place. There's not going to be a ballot box where you vote. Oh, uh, I don't like St. Peter. I'll vote for St. Paul. St. Paul. <laughs> oh you know because St. Paul I don't like his hairstyle no no it doesn't work that. Paul says it himself, he says who's Paul, who's Apollos, who's Peter he says no no it's not about us it's about God you see the the measurement there talks about authority, it's gates and it's wall verse 16 says the city laid out as a square, it's length is as great as his breadth. and he measured the city with The reed, 12,000 furlongs, that's roughly 1,500 miles. Length, breadth and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 140,000 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was of pure gold, like clear glass. You know that gold is going to belong to whom? To God. But He's going to be our God and we're going to be His son. That gold belongs to us. But you see, our understanding of something uh, belonging to us is going to be different from today, our understanding of how it belongs to us. Now people are running for gold. Oh, if you've got gold, you're rich. Oh man, I'm rich as it is when I'm standing here. I'm going to live in a city of gold. Don't come and measure me your few ounces of gold and show me how rich you are. I'm going to live in a city of gold. You say, "Wow, well, where did you get this stuff from, mate? You must be all over there. No, no, I find it in the Bible. You remember when Jesus said in John chapter 14, He says, I go to prepare a place. What is He talking about? He's talking about this place. He says in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Many mansions. Mansion there is not what we think of a big, massive house. It's a dwelling place. I don't want to come into it. It's not as if we're going to move into an address in heaven and then, you know, oh, all of your efforts. I've got a big house and look your little shoebox. No, 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 no. The dwelling place of God in the city of gold. In the city of gold. How wonderful is that going to be? And, and it talks about pure gold, not just gold. Pure gold. And like clear glass. The foundations of the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of of precious stones the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire the third color chalcedony, the fourth emerald the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysulite the eighth beryl the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, and the eleventh jacinth, and all the 12 uh, amethyst, now just look at those things now, and don't and try to buy them today you need to have a suitcase full of money Hey, I'm rich where I'm standing here this morning. I'm going to live in a city who's got that, as a foundation. How wonderful is that? The 12 gates were 12 pearls. God must have 12 big oysters somewhere in the universe. 12 pearls. And you know, in my mind, I, I think all of these other things were formed out of pressure. You know, diamonds are formed out of pressure. All of these other things. It's in the city, it's ingrained into that. But the pearl is an interesting one for me. Because a pearl is an irritation. Pearl is an irritation. As a little grain of sand goes into the oyster. And it irritates the oyster, and the oyster hasn't got hands that it can pick it out and with a toothpick or with a tweezer pick it out and throw it out. No, it's got to wait for the water to wash it out. But if it doesn't wash it out, what does it do? It starts putting layer and layer and layer and starts covering that irritation. That's how a pearl forms. How is it then now that in the city we, we see emblems of pleasure And we see emblems of irritation made beautiful. Made beautiful. Friend, you know what encouragement I take out of that? We live in difficult times. Look, there's from day to day things that press upon you as a child of God. Don't let it push you down. Let it form you into something beautiful. Through the grace of God. He says, each one of these individual gates was of one pearl. And the streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. We haven't seen anything like this yet. We ain't seen anything like it yet. Verse 22, but I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. I will be out of a job in heaven. I won't be preaching. Because we know sermons in heaven. Because we're going to know God. Verse 24, And the nations of those who saved walked in its light, and the kings of the earth bring the glory and honor to it, into it. And its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And there shall be no means entering in that defiles or cause an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's your ticket into heaven. Chapter 22, verse 1, And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was a tree of life, which bore twelve fruits each, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. You see, we again can't anticipate this. Somebody asked me once, are we gonna eat in heaven? I believe so. But I believe we're gonna be we we, we we're gonna to return to vegetarians. You think about this. It says that the lion and the child will sit to each other and it won't attack. It talks about heaven, it talks about future. It talks here about food. You say how you know after we die where's the proof that we will be eating well you remember when Jesus was resurrected after and he came out what did he eat they gave him fish and bread to eat he ate so yes and and again friends I'm not here I haven't got all the answers I'm not trying to make as if I'm this clever guy who knows everything no by far not but I know one thing for sure there's gonna be fruit on this tree and it's gonna be 12 and it's gonna be sustainable it's going to be different bodies we are living in. In the middle of each street on either side of it was this tree of life that bore these fruit. And in verse 3, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of His Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, no light or sun, for the Lord gives them light and shall reign forever and ever. No more Philip's globes. You don't have to go and buy them at Woolworths anymore no more torch lights he himself will be the light again friends we can't think these things we just got to wait and believe and see when it comes verse 6 then he said to me these words are faithful and truth and the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place he says these things are true behold I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now remember what book was he talking about? He was talking about Revelation. Because that point in time the only Bible they had was the Old Testament. The other books were still being written. They had the New Testament, they were still being written. He said, Blessed is the words of the prophecy of this book. It amazes me that churches do not study the book of Revelation. And churches with young people don't study the book of Revelation because you think about young people as they say what about me I want to live my life you are telling me these things is gonna come to an end but you know I've got my whole life ahead of me what about me I you know I want to have this let me tell you young man young lady you have no life without Christ I know I know you want to live your life but living with Christ you will a number one have a fuller life you will have a joyful life you will have hope for the future and you will have a strong you know and, and this is the thing you know he says he comes quickly and some people say wait a minute John wrote this 2000 years ago nearly now and he still didn't come the word quickly then means that when he's gonna come it's gonna be in quick succession because it's gonna be in quick succession some people are waiting and they say as soon as I see the first signs I'll fall on my knees and I'll call on God and repent My question is, why don't you do it now when there's these hurricanes happening? Oh, I'll tell you why you don't do it right now. Because the hurricanes is happening in America. It's too far from you. It's too far from you. The earthquake in Mexico. Why would you want to take a chance of not coming to Christ when the times are good? These are warnings now. Verse 8, he says, Now I, John, saw and I heard these things. And when I heard and I saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. For the second time he does this. He falls down before the angel. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. We only worship God. No man. No man. No woman. No man government no nation nobody else but god no angel we worship god two times he falls down i go john what's going on with you it's happened before the, the previous angel said don't worship me see that you don't do that and he said to me do not seal the words of the prophets of the book for the time he said, hand do not seal it let people read it but do you think people want to read it no way it's too difficult no no don't don't do it the world says verse 11 he who is unjust let him be unjust still he who is filthy let him be filthy still he who is righteous let him be righteous still he who is holy let him be holy still and behold I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work now what in the world is John trying to say if you read those words, he says, If he is unjust, let him be unjust still. He's filthy, let him be filthy still. He's righteous, let him be righteous still. And then he says, And behold, I'm coming quickly. What in the world is he trying to tell you and me? It's this. It's for those people who say, I'll wait until the last and then I'll do a quick conversion to Christ. They will live in their unjustness, if there's a word like that and think I'm going to do it just on 99 but he's coming quickly and you will not have a chance this is a warning he says now while the time is right let's reason together Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 he says now let's reason together though your sins were like scarlet he can make it white as now now is the time friend you and I don't even know whether we're going to see tomorrow let face it your feeble heartbeat is on the uh, command of God. That's what it is. You say, oh, you know, that scares me. You really... No, no, that shouldn't be scary. No, we're in His hands. Now look, He says, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 13, He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. But outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexual immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Have you noticed he came down twice now? And he says you're either on the inside or you're on the outside. And now he compares those others to dogs. To dogs. Verse 16, as we end. He said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify you these things in the churches. It is as if it's so urgent now. Remember when the first angel came, he says, I've said these things to you. John says, I've heard these things, I've seen it myself. Now, he says in Jesus' words, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride says, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts, Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. This This is a grave warning for people who try to change the Bible who tried to add to it the message don't get me started on that oh we've got to have a Bible now which adds in your we're going to change the gender of God from man to female I've got news for you today If you not only do it, but you also read it as gospel, you're in serious trouble because the Bible says it right here. He says, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Now, do we have time to go back and talk about the plagues? We started studying this book from February. Have you seen all the plagues there? The boils every single thing all of them so take your chances and go and do and change the word of god and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy god shall lay, take away his part from the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book now he was obviously talking about revelation because again he was writing Revelation. But friend, it does, does not only apply to the book of Revelation, it applies to the whole Bible. There are now translations coming out to remove Jesus Christ out of the Bible. Out of the Bible. I can prove it to you. I've got a lot of proof. Over the years I've studied it a lot. And that's not right. Because they want to get rid of the deity of Christ. If you look in Genesis when satan came into the garden the attack was against christ against god god came to adam and he says thou shalt not eat from that tree it says in the bible Go and check in your chapter one two and three it says the lord god lord god lord god lord is the title god when satan came into the garden and he went up to did God say that attacks the deity and the word of God that was in Genesis we read all the way back in Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 when John says, says I'm on the Isle of Patmos for what for the testimony of Christ it is the same attack on him that was in the garden of Eden and let me tell you friend it's the same attack for you and your children today he wants to take away the deity of Christ out of their lives. It's happening in the schools. Oh, let's remove prayer from the schools. The left wing did it. But don't be mad at those people. See the real enemy behind them. Satan. They're only puppets. They're only puppets. Oh, they think they are so big and so mighty. Oh, I'm going to have my say and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a lot of people to vote for me. and oh, 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 oh. you nothing, man. You're just a puppet and you are controlled by the puppet masters, Lucifer himself. To do what? To do what? To attack God's deity and His word. And I've got news for you. The news is that if you take anything away from the words of the book, God shall take away your name out of the book of life. But hey, you don't care anyway. Your heart is so vexed. It's like granite inside of you. You call yourself an agnostic. And look, I know I talked to the converted here, but this video is going out. I want to talk to them who hear this. Maybe they hear it five years from now. I'm saying now that your granite heart will be burnt in the lake of fire. That's not what I say. That's what the Word of God says. Let's finish with the final verses verse 20 he who testifies these things says surely I am coming quickly Amen and you should say Amen you know what Amen means it means I agree with that he says that I love it he says surely I am coming quickly who's coming quickly Jesus Christ is coming quickly and then he says Amen Amen. We all agree. Even so, even so, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. You see, this is a man who's sitting on the Isle of Patmos. He had a fantastic relationship with God. There's not a shadow, a shadow of doubt in his mind. He calls him, he says, Lord, if you come today, come today. If you come tomorrow, come tomorrow. If you come next week. But Lord, come quickly. Come Lord, come is your life so clean before the Lord that you can say Lord come quickly come Lord come he's not committing suicide this is not what it is he's looking forward to his Savior who will glorify this body how wonderful is that how wonderful he says surely I'm coming quickly amen even so come Lord Jesus this is this is John's words that he cries out he says come quickly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Then you and I need the grace of God. Let me urgently talk to you right now. You and I need the grace of God. We need it. Let this be your prayer. Come Lord, come quickly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your loving words. Not only is your word loving, it's also living. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts between bone and marrow and spirit and soul. Father, I know that where Your Word cuts, it brings healing. I know that where Your Word cuts, it brings life. My prayer this morning as we finish this book in Revelation, I pray, Lord, that Your Spirit will, will just keep this Word alive in your hearts. Father, there's warnings this morning. There's a promise of a heavenly city of a new heavens and a new earth we rejoice in that john writes down in john 10 10 after the cross the cross which is the message he says that your joy may be full and our joy is full in our lord jesus christ we thank you for that in jesus name i want to thank you lord for your mercy and for your grace and your wisdom right through since february as we studied through the book of revelation and Father, as we continue now into the next books and, and learning, it is to grow in grace and in mercy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. That is a revelation done. Amen. You thought we are going to have another two weeks. So like I say, next week um, uh, I'll pray to the Lord. We, we might just jump right into the book of James. Have you read the book of James? Yes? um wonderful passage there but i think it's important for us now to look at a few practical ways of living our christian life it's going to be confronting i must say to you the word of god is confronting it's going to address a few things so if you come to listen to the it's going to be five weeks maybe six you can never put on that we just see how it flows out but uh when you come come with an open heart and say lord i want to learn from you change my heart change my heart